0: 28 you know um when israel was those jews from jerusalem was taken into captivity a part of that group was of course daniel the three hebrew children were a part of that group they uh found themselves in the king's court and uh But then Ezekiel was also carried away into captivity. And um, he wasn't in the king's court, but he was a prophet in a foreign country. Uh, And um, as I have uh, read and studied here in the book of Ezekiel, I've been reminded of the fact that God has a voice, a clear voice, even in the most adverse situation, amen. He raised up Daniel. He raised up those those other young Hebrew children there to stand for God. And then Ezekiel was a prophet of the people. He was not in the palace. He was among the people, but he was a prophet who spoke to them. And so God could speak and did speak To them in a foreign land, it should encourage us to know that no matter how we might feel like that we're in a foreign country in our world these days and how out of place we feel, that God still has a very clear voice, a very clear word that he can speak in this present situation. Amen. This is Ezekiel 28. And I'm going to read, beginning with verse 11. Ezekiel 28 and 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The Sardist, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. But the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled with the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned And therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. And you're probably thinking, what in the world is all that about? What is Ezekiel prophesying about? You have to go back a couple of chapters to chapter 25 to see that uh, even after Israel was taken into captivity, that surrounding nations around uh, Israel, they were mocking and making fun of the fact that their city had, that Jerusalem had been burned, had been ransacked, and uh, the temple had been uh, destroyed. And so here's Ezekiel, hundreds of miles away, down there in Babylon, and the Lord speaks to him and says, Prophesy against those nations, prophesy against those cities that have said, Aha! or literally, they have laughed and made fun of. Because of my sanctuary. That's verse uh, 3 of, of chapter 25. And he said, speak against them, prophesy against them. Now that's an interesting thing to me that God would tell Ezekiel to prophesy against them. And they're probably 800 miles away. But God speaks. And God's word is clear. And God can speak to any situation and distance has nothing to do with the power and the effectiveness of God's word being accomplished. And so you can see that those surrounding cities, um, such as Moab and Edom and Philistia, all of them, in Phoenicia, they were all mocking and saying, aha, H-A-A. They were laughing at the city of Jerusalem and especially about the temple. They were really mocking God. They were mocking the temple and and mocking worship, and God said, you may be 800 miles away, but I want you to stand up and prophesy against those cities. And one of those uh, words of prophecy was against the king of Phoenicia, whose name was Tyrus. And that gives a little bit more of a clarity to chapter 28. Because the first part of chapter 28 is describing this king, the kind of man that he was. It says that he was his heart was lifted up. that's verse 2. thou hast said, I am a God I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the seas yet thou art a man and not God thou that set thine heart as the heart of God you can see that this king, was exalted and lifted up and proud, and God said, "I'm going to I'm going to have Ezekiel a hundred miles away to prophesy against you, and uh, I'm going to bring you down. I'm going to bring you down off of your throne, and and um, and then when when it gets down to verse twelve, now stay with me here for just a minute. We're going somewhere, but it gets down to verse twelve, the text that we read. He begins to talk. Uh, again, he's talking about this king of Tyrus, but now it becomes not literally the king of Tyrus, but he's showing the comparison uh, to the devil himself, Satan himself. And so, starting there in the text that I read, King Tyrus is the devil. He's the literal devil. He said, You have sealed up the summer. You are that one that was perfect, full of wisdom perfect in beauty, thou hast been in Eden. We know that King Tyrus of Phoenicia was never in Eden, but we know that the devil was in the Garden of Eden. He was there. And then it describes him. He says, every precious stone was in him. So you get this this picture, Ezekiel uh, paints the picture under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And he describes our adversary, the devil. How he is in all of these beautiful stones cover him. And how he is presented with perfection and wisdom. And what he was before he was exalted. Before he was lifted up in his his pride. It says he was the anointed cherub. I believe he was the one chosen and uh, was probably... Uh, the chief of all of angelic beings. And you talk about beautiful. Uh, his covering was all of those those stones and that ornament. And then it says that, that um, um, the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So as a part of his being, that there was tabrets and... And pipes, which literally the word tabrets is describing, like a like a uh, like a tambourine or a rhythm instrument, and uh, uh, the pipes was like a a like a musical instrument, like a wind instrument. You talk about an amazing being. This is a picture of what Satan was before he was lifted up in his pride and he fell. Wow, that's right. Some believe that, that, uh, that Satan was the heavenly worship leader. Uh, the tabrets and uh, at the pipes was in thee when you were created. That's what it says. He was the anointed cherub or the one that covereth or protected. And he said, I've sent thee so that thou was upon the holy mountain. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of uh, of the stones of fire, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Now it's a mystery uh, how that Satan fell in his sin. But let me tell you, pride is a powerful thing, and pride is what brought him down. He was beautiful. He was this amazing creature created by God, beautiful and amazing and and, uh, lifted up in his pride and iniquity filled his heart and then he was cast from heaven is what the Bible says. That you will be cast out of the mountain of God. And again in verse 17, I will cast thee to the ground, I will lay thee before kings. And so this... Is a description. Let me tell you, Ezekiel is down there in captivity, but God is giving to him a revelation of who our adversary is, of who our enemy is. And uh, I just wanted to remind you tonight um, that God has given to us tools and power to defeat the enemy of our soul. Satan, the enemy of our soul. As glorious and amazing as he was, he fell uh, in his pride. And um, uh, the Bible says that there was war in heaven. Revelation chapter 12, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Satan raised up against God in heaven, but he prevailed not. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. The old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. That's what it says, Revelation chapter 12. Ezekiel, all those many hundreds of years before had this revelation of our enemy, our adversary. And how that God was against him. God opposed him and God defeated him. And we as the saints of God, believers, we can understand that God can give to us a victory whereby we are able to defeat the enemy of our soul. Yes, we have an enemy that's at work in the world today. You have to be blind to not see that. You have to be completely out of touch if you don't see the wickedness, the demonic influence that's in our world today, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in politics. It's, it's in. Um, it's in government. It's. It's in every. Every high place. Every. Everything in our world that um, that uh, uh, is going on in our everything that's going on in our world today, we see the power of wickedness at work and what do we do about it? Well, I believe the scripture gives us some clear insight. So Satan was cast from heaven. The Bible says that Jesus witnessed that. Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 18 that Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He witnessed it. He saw Satan falling out of heaven, being cast out of heaven and then the next time we see him is in the garden. We see him in the garden. Now he's a serpent in the garden. And from that day forward, he has been wielding his wicked, evil influence in our world. Corrupting our world and influencing people in our world. And he knows that his time is short. And so he is stepping up his efforts. He is. He knows that his time is short. And so... He has come down with great vengeance and power against the people of God. And in our world and in our nation right now, there is demonic activity everywhere you look. Amen. Everywhere you look. Satan is about destruction. That's what he came to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy homes and marriages and uh, people's lives and... He wants to, and and he used every kind of crafty tactic imaginable, every deceptive way that he can. And uh, one of the things that he's doing in these last days is he is twisting the truth, he's confusing the truth. Everything that's supposed to be true is a lie, and vice versa. Everything is confused. And people are looking at themselves thinking, what is going on? How is this happening in our world today? How are people believing all this foolishness that's being promoted today? Well, I tell you how they're believing it. They're being deceived by this angelic being that fell from heaven and that is in the world deceiving and uh, destroying the lives of people. Amen. Amen. There is evidence everywhere of this demonic activity in our world. I'm not overstating it. I don't believe. I believe that it's everywhere, everywhere, and Satan is doing everything he can. If it's, uh, uh, it's revealed in uh, this gender confusion mess that's going on in our nation right now and around the world, it's uh, in this uh, creation, loving and worshiping the creation, but not the creator. It's all a part of the spirit of this age and It's the same spirit that has murdered six million babies and calling it reproductive rights. And uh, it's the confusion, it's the mess of this age. It's promoting violence and hatred and murder and all of these things that we see on the streets of our cities in the United States of America. Behind it all is this demonic evil force, this satanic force that's at work in our world today. The Bible says the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's why he, he is at work. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Praise God. That's the answer. Jesus is the answer. The Spirit of God at work in our life. That's the answer. And so how do we deal with this? How do we... How do we deal with this spirit of the age? Uh, Ezekiel described this magnificent creature and his deceptive tactics and his ability to deceive. I mean, he deceived one third of the heavenly host, angelic beings. He deceived them. So you can see how that this deceptive spirit could be powerful and is powerful in our world today. So what can we do about it? I believe the Bible tells us what we can do. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith? Amen. Christians are going to have to take a stand. Christians are going to have to put up a resistance to the lies of the enemy. We're going to have to be willing to say, No, 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 we, we do not accept this. This is not the Word of God. No, we are not going to allow this spirit to control our lives or to affect our lives. Moms and dads, you just have to, you have to be willing to stand up and say no. You have to be willing to say no. When you see that spirit affecting your children and grandparents, when you see that spirit affecting your family, you have to, you have to be willing to stand up and say No. No, we're not going that direction. We are not going to believe that lie. We're not going to be taken in by the deceptive spirit of the age. We are going to resist him steadfast in the faith. Amen. That's what we have been commanded to do, Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the in the evil day that's the day we're living in right now we are living in that evil day and we're to put on the whole armor of god so that we can withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand we're to stand that's what it says we're to withstand we're to stand and and make a stand as the people of god in these last days amen so to put up a resistance to the spirit of this age, we're gonna have to believe what the word of God says. So let me give you just three things. First of all, we have to resist. Number one, we have to resist. We have to put up a resistance to the spirit of this age. How do we do that? Well, James says that we can resist the devil and he'll flee from us, but we forget about the first part of that verse. It says, submit yourself therefore to God, Then you're in a position to resist the devil and put him to flight. Amen. You can't just stand up and command him to to leave you. You have to be willing to submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to the word of God, to the plan of God, to the will of God for your life. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then you're on solid ground, a solid foundation to resist the enemy of your soul, amen. And then James says, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh unto you, praise God. As you draw nearer to the Lord, as you submit to the Lord, then you have power to resist the enemy of your soul. Otherwise, you do not. You have no power at all of yourself. It's only as you submit to God and to the power of God and the authority of God that you have power to resist the enemy. Amen. But we have to be willing to resist. Like the uh, old black sister said, every time the enemy came against her family, she'd say, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. I think we need to get a little bit of that same spirit in our lives and in our walk with the Lord And when you see that spirit affecting your heart, your home, your family, your marriage, your children, then we have to be willing to resist that spirit. Say no to that spirit. Dig in and yield to the things of God. Become obedient to the will of God and and submit yourself to the Lord so that you have the power to resist the enemy. Amen. Amen. So you must resist him and then you must Depend upon the word of God and prayer. The word of God and prayer. Verse 17, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So first we have to resist and then we have to rely on the word of God and prayer. Amen. Amen. Put the Word of God. Isn't that a blessing that uh, our children can learn the Word of the Lord in a Sunday school class or a Wednesday night group? They can learn scriptures. They can go to a Christian school and they can learn the Word of the Lord, memorize it, put it in their heart, and uh, that will equip them and give the power, give them power to be able to, to resist the enemy of their soul once the Word of God is is um, is invested in them and planted in their minds and in their hearts then they'll have power to resist the enemy take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god put the word of god in their heart and then it says praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit amen that's how to resist the enemy through the word of god and through the power of prayer. Amen. We're going to have to get on our knees and crowd to God in this age. This demonic age that we're living in right now. We are going to have to be touched and filled with the power of the spirit of God. And we're going to have to be able to wield the sword of the spirit against the spirit of this age. Isn't it amazing that Ezekiel down there in the midst of all of that Uh, situation of captivity that God was speaking to him, telling him, you pronounce judgment on all these cities, and this one particular one, Tyrus, who's the king of Phoenicia, that he's just like the devil, and that he describes the enemy and describes what he is and his deceptive powers and warns us of, uh, of all of the tactics of the enemy through pride and destruction. Amen. and We can resist the enemy and we can rely on the word of God and the power of the spirit of God. Amen. Then we need to remember, there's the three R's here for tonight. The three R's. Resist the devil. Rely on the word of God and prayer. And then remember, remember all those wonderful things that God has done in your life the way that he has worked in your life. Remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Remember who you are, who you belong to. Amen. Sure, I'm not glorifying uh, the enemy here tonight. I just want to give you a little reminder that we've got an adversary, but God can give us the power to defeat this enemy that he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy every one of us here Tonight, but we can resist him through the power of the word of God and the power of the spirit of God. And and we need to remember the fact that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, that God has touched our lives and filled us with his mighty power and we can live in victory in spite of the things that the enemy is trying to do. Amen. Let me tell you, the enemy is after your life, your soul, your family, your home, your marriage, your ministry. He wants to destroy every one of us. That's what he would love to do. But we're gonna have to ask the Lord. Lord, give to us the power to resist. Help us to know, Lord, what these tools of resistance are, the word of God, the spirit of God, and the presence of God at work uh, in our lives. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for victory. Thank you, Lord, God, that you can help us to overcome in these last days, no matter how strong the spirit of deception might be in these last days, you can fill our minds and our hearts with the truth so that we can stand fast. We can stand strong in the, in the face of all the things that the enemy is attempting to do, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that your spirit and your presence with us is what equips us to face the challenges of these last days. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we stand together?